0: you <laughs>
1: Good morning. How are you guys doing? You good? Yeah. Glad you are here. Welcome to Kensington. Welcome to those of you that are joining us online in your pajamas. I'm glad you are here. My name is Kevin Valentine. I'm the lead pastor here. And I've got a few things for you before we move on with the day. We've got a really exciting day planned for you. But first off, if you are new here, you're new joining us online, um, we would love to get connected with you. If you would love to get connected with us, the easiest way to do that is to text the word new to 407 278 7291. This is a very important number. If you um, would like, you can put this number in your phone under like Kensington text line because there's a lot of words that you can text to that number to get information and get connected with what's going on around here. I'll share a couple more later. But if you're new and would like to connect, that's one of the best ways to do it. Secondly, um, we are so blessed to have been able to continue to meet starting in July here at Windermere Prep. Um, And one of the things, we've done a very, very good job of creating a safe place for people to come in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And I want to re-up and just remind everybody, one of the things that Windermere Prep has asked us to do is to make sure that for access into the theater, we are wearing our masks all the way in, completely during the service, and all the way out to the parking lot. Um, That is just one of the rules that they have done on campus to make sure that they're safe and that other people feel safe, and we are guests of theirs. And so just a reminder, because I know after the service, it's a real tendency to go, "Rah! I feel so much better now. Well, I'd love for you to keep it on. Please keep it on all the way to the parking lot until you get in your car. That would be super helpful to us for just kind of honoring them um, as we are honored to be here. Um, Next, I want to just celebrate for just a minute on Friday. It's a day off school. We went to Southern Hills Farms. I didn't even know this place existed for cider and donuts and playing together with families. We had like 50, 60 of us went out um, as as a family ministry deal. And uh, it was super cool with the cider and donuts. We got sunflowers um, with my family and they got these big blob things you can jump on, swings and everything. And we just had a ball and want to encourage you as we are doing events, even during coronavirus, we've got to work even harder to feel connected as a community. Um, This Saturday is another connecting time. It's no November seventh, our uh, men's ministry is doing a all church fun spot day. Um, they've got specially rated tickets. If you would like to take your whole family to Fun Spot for the day, um, go to slash events and you can um, you can get tickets there. And then uh, we'll see you Saturday at Fun Spot um, for the day. Um, so. Uh, Two more things before we're done uh, with the announcement time of the day. Um, It is November 1st. Can you guys believe that? We are two months from 2020 being over. Woo! Okay. I know, right? Um, Well, here's the deal. With it being November... We've got Thanksgiving coming up, and one of the things that we love to do, one of our traditions here at Kensington is um, adopting families in East Winter Garden in Tildenville um, uh, and adopting them by giving them a Thanksgiving meal um, for families that can't afford to do that on their own. And so we have 30 families that we have are going to have information for next Sunday for us to adopt. And what we're asking you to do is is for for you to grab a packet, which will have a family. It'll have their name, their address, a phone number, contact information, Um, And then a list of of stuff to put into a laundry basket and deliver the week of Thanksgiving where you just kind of go deliver it to their house and pray with them if you're comfortable doing that. We would love that as just a way to give back to families that are in need that can't take care of stuff on their own. And on top of that, which I'm really excited, is um, we reached out to Dillard Elementary School, which is one of our local partners, and they actually have 20 families that are in need as well. And so we as a staff and as a church are going to adopt 20 more, so a total of 50 families, which is super cool and help them have a Thanksgiving meal on their table on Thanksgiving. And so we're going to be doing that as a kind of as a whole church. We can't take it into people's homes from the school, but we can take it to the school. So we're going to be doing that. So we're excited about that. And then one last thing on just this time of year and where we're at in the pandemic, and that is this word over here, care. I told you this number is really important. All of these words, if you text any one of these words to that number, it will get you into a queue where we'll be able to communicate back and forth with you and get you plugged in. This word care um, is, uh, is a word that if you are in any need uh, because of the pandemic, because of your work situation, I know a bunch of bunch more people got furloughed this last week from Disney. Um, if you need help putting food on the table, if you need help keeping the lights on, if you need help with rent, um, text CARE to this number, and we would love to come alongside you. And if you know somebody that needs help, um, we would love to help them as well. And I just wanted to let you guys know, since we've started this about 90 days ago, we have been able to give out over $1,000 in gift cards for groceries for families in need. And so thank you guys for your generosity, and thank you for reaching out for yourselves and for us others. It is our pleasure to be able to be generous with what God has given to us and with what you have given to the church to give out to people in need, um, <clears throat> which we're excited about. Last thing is this, speaking of generosity, thank you for those of you that have continued to give throughout the pandemic. You have allowed us to keep the lights on. You have allowed us to be generous with people in need. There are three ways to give if you would like to keep doing so or um, or, or you would like to start doing for the first time, and that is um, go online to our website, slash, Giving. You can give on our app, Giving app, or um, you can give in the boxes on your way out the door if you want to give here in person. And I want to thank you in advance for just being faithful to God with what He's been faithful to you and given to you. Now, lastly, we are starting a new series today. It is called Battle Ready. It is about spiritual warfare and the armor and the weapons that God has given us to fight in this battle that you can't see, you can't hear
2: Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work. for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. Is the truth, nothing more.
3: Ephesians six, eleven through seventeen. Put on all of God's armor. so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God.
1: clip that we watched. You guys know what movie that was? The Matrix. Came out so long ago but still rings so true and it lines up with scripture. God's Word is actually the red pill. You know where he said take the red pill and see how deep the rabbit hole goes? God's Word reveals what we suspect all along. That there's another world that exists beyond this world that we can't see, we can't touch, we can't hear, but we definitely feel and experience the effects of it. Why do we go in a dark room and feel a little freaked out? Like, why does that happen? Why do the hairs on the back of our neck stand up from time to time? Why is it we still see people that are mediums and they claim that they can get in touch with the dead and we're drawn to that? Why is tarot card reading actually on the rise and you can still make a living at it in an era where we're supposed to be scientific? Like that stuff's not supposed to matter anymore because we've got it all figured out because we're getting so smart with our, with our science. Why are we interested in this? Why are we drawn to this? It's because so many of us actually believe that there's something out there. A couple years ago, a survey was done. 71% of all Americans believe in miracles. 42% of Americans believe that ghosts exist. 41% 41% believe that ESP, extrasensory perception, is actually real. 29% of Americans believe that astrology can tell us something. 75% believe in the that there is something paranormal um, out there. 97% of people believe that there is a heaven. 68% of people believe that there is a hell. Only 2% of people believe that they are going to hell, but 98% of people believe they know somebody else that's going to hell. I got cut off yesterday on my way to Claremont. I know somebody that's going to hell, okay? I just do. Uh, But why are we drawn to fantasy and sci-fi? Why do so many of us believe in the paranormal and the spiritual realm? Because you and I have seen and tasted and felt something beyond what we can see and taste and feel. The Bible says that God actually has put eternity in our hearts. So we know there's more. We know there's more, we want something more than science can offer. We want something beyond our normal, our here and now, our physical. Hollywood delivers us these fantasy worlds where there is these epic battles between different worlds. It's cosmic. And it reflects a real, grander narrative where there is a realm that is in conflict and a hero that is beyond the norm is otherworldly yet very familiar, and that is Jesus and his realm. See, the Bible pulls the curtain back between our world and the spiritual realm. The red pill is on every page of this book, and in this realm there are angels and demons. There is good versus evil, and while you can't see this realm, it, you feel its effects We know about it because God's Word describes this battle of cosmic proportions over something incredibly precious and important to God, and that is your soul, my soul. It's a battle that is for your mind. It's a battle that is for your body. It is a battle that is for your identity. (coughs) There's a battle that's for your eternity, and the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament... Through an encounter with a risen Jesus, a supernatural encounter with someone that he watched die on the cross, affirmed the death of Jesus. He has a supernatural encounter with a risen Jesus on what is called from the the road to Damascus as he was on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians. He meets Jesus and he goes from hate for Jesus to hope in Jesus in that encounter and he wrote the passages that we began with, which is behind why we're doing this series. He wrote more, most of the New Testament, and this is one of those spooky verses if you're not a follower of Christ. It reveals who we're up against if you're a follower of Jesus. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, Paul writes, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, Do I believe there is a devil? Do I believe that Satan exists? Because you might be sitting there going, do you really think that's true? you really think Satan is real? And I will just say this, yes, I do. Why? Because Jesus did. Jesus talked to him. Jesus encountered him. Jesus interacted with Satan. Jesus taught about him. And I believe in Jesus. And if Jesus said that Satan's real, I believe Satan's real. So yes, is the devil scheming right now? Yes. The devil's schemes are the strategies that he has to take you and I down. We're going to explain those in a little bit. Paul goes on, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And I know some of you are in there saying, you know what? Yes, it is. You don't know my boss. You don't know my ex-husband. You don't know my ex-wife. You don't understand my coworkers. You don't live with my parents. My family would never say that, but other people's kids You don't work in my industry. My struggle is definitely flesh and blood. Well, in God's worldview, if you're going to look at it through the the eyes of what God's word says, when you look at the world through God's perspective, your primary struggle, your primary battle, your primary source of the problems in your life, in your relationships, in your life scenario right now, the primary source of your struggle is not physical in nature. It is spiritual in nature. Who is this battle against? It's not flesh and blood. It's the rulers, the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And Paul says in light of this battle that you have with unseen forces in this dark world, God has actually given you armor to be in the battle. You've been given armor because you have an enemy. And Paul describes the armor in verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now let me pray before we go any further. Um, God, thank you for this morning. I thank you that you tell us the truth. I thank you that you don't hold back any punches, that you just open the veil between our current physical world and the spiritual world, um, and how you you explain to us how they coexist, how they interact. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts, that we might allow you to speak truth to us this morning. In your holy name, amen. Amen. All right, so today we are putting on the belt of truth. Now, um, I am not wearing a belt today. Uh, Turns out that when you're fat, your pants actually just hold on to the handles that are there, okay? So they're just doing that right now. Um, I actually have a 20-pound bet going on with Clint, and, uh, and so maybe, maybe by the end of those 20 pounds, I might need a belt. I'm hopeful. Um, I'll let you know, maybe. Um, But I might need to lose more than 20 to need a belt. Um, But I'm hopeful. Um, But when it comes to the armor of God that Paul describes, the belt of truth goes around your core. Wraps around here. It holds everything together around the midsection. It cinches it in tight. The belt that a Roman soldier wore is what the sword hung on, the only offensive weapon that Scripture says we have. The belt holds the breastplate of righteousness and the rest of your armor in place. It is central to fighting in this spiritual battle. Without truth, God's truth, there's no righteousness. There's no breastplate of righteousness. There's no peace. There's no salvation. There's no faith. The Word of God is actually meaningless without truth. The rest of the armor doesn't work. So today, as we put on the belt of truth, we're going to put it through three belt loops as we wrap it around our waist and cinch it tight. And the very first loop that we put the belt through as we're putting on the belt of truth is acknowledging that everything in the world is not as it seems. This book says explicitly that there is an unseen world, a spiritual realm that exists right here, right now. If we could somehow pull back the veil and see into the spiritual world, I think we would all poop our pants, okay? I just think it would be absolutely frightening at what's happening right now. Spiritual warfare is going on. There is a battle being waged. Spiritual warfare is not an option. It doesn't matter whether you want to be in it or not. You are neck deep in it, and you can go through your life not realizing it, putting your head in the sand. You can be so focused on the physical that you forget that there's a spiritual battle happening for you. You and I have an enemy. His name is Satan. In fact, more specifically, his name is Lucifer. He's powerful. He's alluring. He's cunning. He's deceptive. He is incredibly patient. He will wait years to take you down. And where does all this come from? Let me give you some pre-world history. Lucifer wanted to overthrow God and become God. He thought, I need to be worshiped. God does not need to be worshiped. And as a consequence, an all-out war started, which Satan, Lucifer, lost, was cast down to earth, and a third of the angels actually chose to go with him, which are now called demons. And they are now at war with God and his angels, and they are fighting over you and I. The battle is both natural and supernatural at the same time. John, in the book of Revelation, has this vision, and in it he sees this war going on between God's angels and the dragon, Satan, and his demons. And this is what he describes In Revelation 12, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them because Satan is not there anymore. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. And most of us don't realize that when Satan was thrown down from heaven because he tried to overthrow God, it was an all-out war in heaven. Satan did not go quietly. When God found out what was going on, it wasn't like Satan went, Oh, geez, you caught me. All right, I'll get back in line. It was like, no, he was raging against God, trying to overthrow his power. God defeated him, threw him to the earth. And the end of this passage says, Woe to the earth and sea because Satan is there and he is filled with fury. Because he knows his time is short. And if you want to read more about that on your own, which I would fully encourage you to do, Ezekiel 28 talks about who Satan was before he chose to sin. Isaiah 14 talks about the five I wills of Satan where he says, I will usurp God. I will be worshiped. And he just goes on and on and says, this is what I will do while I am on planet earth. And so the first loop, if we're going to wear the belt of truth, is realizing that everything in this world is not as it seems. Our battle is not against just flesh and blood. It is against principalities and rulers in this dark world. You and I have an enemy of our soul. His name is Satan and he is filled with fury. That's loop one. The second loop as we pull the belt around our back is opening our eyes to the enemy's agenda. Because our enemy's agenda is to bully, kill, and destroy. In 1 John, Scripture establishes that the earth is under the rule of Satan. First 1 John 5.19, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. 1 Peter 5.8, we're warned, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Be alert, be on guard because right now Satan is looking for anyone that he can devour, anyone that is vulnerable, anyone that is oblivious, anyone is thinking that their enemy is someone who breathes or bleeds. Satan is roaming around looking to devour them. John 10.10 gives us his mission, his agenda, directly from Jesus' lips. And Jesus says in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's Satan's agenda for your life, steal, kill, and destroy. But yet Jesus says, I have come that they, you and I, might have life. And not just have life, have it to the full. Satan wants nothing more than to destroy the image of God that is you. You realize you were created in God's image? You're the only thing out of all of creation that was created in God's image. So what does Satan automatically do with you? hate you because you remind him of who he hates, which is God. And it is not hard to see the effects of this battle. His sights are on destroying everything that God loves and everything that God has created. Why is it that you and I have so many fractured relationships? Why is it that you and I, inside of our family, where we're supposed to love everybody in our family, we actually cannot even talk to some people in our family? Is it because we're just dysfunctional and we don't always get along? Or could there be an enemy of our soul that wants to take God's plan for healthy human relationships and destroy it? Could that be why? There's an enemy that you have that says, hey, let's see when we throw some anger into this marriage. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when she says something that's devaluing to him. Let's see what happens when he gets hooked on pornography and he hides it from his wife and they lose all passion in their marriage. Do you think that men and women just struggle to be together because they're so different? Or maybe is there an enemy of God that wants to destroy everything that God has said is beautiful, which is marriage and the marriage relationship? Satan's plan for your marriage is divorce. Satan's plan for your life is full-out depression. Satan's plan for your relationship with Christ, if you have one, is distance, doubt, and being ineffective in the spiritual battle. Right now, Satan is scheming against you to take you down. He wants you to overspend and be suffocated by debt. He wants you to be bitter towards your parents and how they did you wrong. He's scheming to think, to get you to think more about how people have done you wrong than you do about the kingdom of God and pushing it forward. He is scheming about to have you drawn to that person at work and change your patterns around the office so that you'll keep swinging by their desk so you can flirt with someone that you shouldn't be flirting with. Why is there a church on every street corner in America? Like we look at that and we're like, man, how cool is that? Look at all these churches. No, you know, that's not great. You know why they're there? Because church people couldn't get along and they started arguing about theology and broke off and split off and destroyed the church in the process could there be an enemy that says everything god says is good i'm going to destroy in the church oh i can't wait to get people fighting inside that place he's scheming right now for you to believe that getting high is no big deal it's fine to get high who's going to get hurt you are because when you're in a battle you can't win if you're high He's scheming right now to get you to comb through all of the articles and social media feeds to to just feed into the fears that you already have. This political thing, he is scheming right now in our politics to get us to absolutely hate the other side. And it's not just disagree with anymore, it is hate. He's at work, he's scheming for that. Why is it so hard for us to get up and come to church? Like, why does it seem that circumstances, sicknesses, 15 other things come up and choose to get us to not come here and to think that not being here is not a big deal? Is it because life is just busy? Or is there an enemy of your soul and mind that will do anything to get us to be disconnected from each other and especially disconnected from a community that loves God? Why do the voices in our heads accuse and belittle and point fingers? point out our faults, and discourage us so much. You heard earlier, where do accusations come? Who's the accuser? Why do we have that going on, that tape rolling in our head all the time? Are we just mentally weak? Are we just broken? Or do we have an enemy that plays dirty all the way to the thought level that we carry around with us? As we struggle through our life, and it's a struggle, we all struggle, We've got to remember Paul's words because the temptation is to look at another person, to look at a system, to look at a workplace, to look at an institution and say, that's my enemy right there. But from a Christian worldview, from Paul's perspective, our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. There's more going on than meets the eye. The first loop is everything in this world is not what it seems. We have an unseen enemy that's waging all-out war against us. The second loop is knowing his agenda. What's his agenda? It's to bully, kill, and destroy everything good in your life, which gets me to the third loop as we bring it around the side and we cinch it up tight right here. The third loop of putting on the belt of truth is we have to believe God's truth over Satan's lies. It's believing God's truth over Satan's lies. Satan is a master deceiver. Satan is an absolute liar. John uh, eight forty four. 44, Jesus tells us. And anytime you read red words in the Bible, it's Jesus talking their important words. Jesus says in John eight forty four, Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. Truth does not come out of his mouth. He's a master at lies, untruth, accusations, and deceit. He will come at you to undermine God's character, to undermine God's credibility, all the way to the beginning of the story of man. With Adam and Eve, what did Satan do? He undermined God's character, and he undermined God's credibility. What did God say to Adam and Eve? Hey, I'm going to give you this whole garden. I'm going to give you every tree, every fruit, all the animals. Everything is yours except for this one tree. Don't eat of this one tree. Don't eat this, because if you eat of it, you'll die. And I'm just thinking, you know, with Adam and Eve, you and I wouldn't have done this. But I'm like, man, there must have been millions of trees. Like, they could have eaten for for forever and never eaten that one tree. Satan enters the picture. And what does he say to Eve? Did did God really say, did God really say that if you eat of this, you'll die? Is that what he said? I don't think you'll die if you eat that. And what does he get him to do? What's the first thing he got him to do? Doubt God's word. He's got him to doubt God's word. And this is so important. His main goal is to get you to either doubt God's word or neglect God's word. That's it. Doubt it or neglect it. Because how can you respond, did God really say, how can you respond to did God really say, if you don't know what he really said, you have nothing to say. Did God really say this? I don't know. Because I don't know what God said. God's truth Speaks into our sexuality, into marriage, into the purpose of life, generosity, uh, parenting, integrity, character, pleasure, finances, hope, our identity, God's love for us. And if you don't know God's truth, you are left with being persuaded and confused by Satan's lies. And what does Satan lie about? Satan lies to us about God all the time. What does he say about God? God doesn't care about you. You ever heard that? God doesn't care about you. God didn't create everything. God's not personal. God doesn't want what's best for you. He's actually holding out on you. God isn't involved in the world. Look at all the bad things happening. Would a loving God allow that to happen? God's just made up. Human's made up. God, he's not even real. God, is, And if he is real, he's punishing you. God is against you. God is about following archaic laws and rules to keep you down. And if anything, God's forgotten about you. He created you and walked away. God, Satan tells us lies about God All the time. Satan lies to us about the consequences of our sin. It's not that bad. It's not hurting anybody. Nobody will ever know. It's just our little secret. This will actually help you. In fact, you deserve this. You deserve this. God gave you this desire, it can't be that bad. Everybody else is doing it. It's not costing them anything. It won't cost you anything. Satan lies to us all the time about the consequences of our sin. And our lives blow up because we choose to go down the path that Satan told us wouldn't hurt us. And our lives blow up and we look back and we just go, you, you lied. I didn't know. I didn't think that this would happen when all along that was the plan. I think some of Satan's worst lies are to us about our identity. Satan lies to you about your identity all the time, and he targets our emotions. He's called the Great Accuser in Scripture. You know what he says to us all the time: "You're terrible." You ever had that voice talk to you? "You're terrible." Just accusing. "You're a loser." "You're so weak." "You're you're a bad mom." Those moms on social media they never do what you just did. They have perfect lives and they do everything right, exactly the opposite of what you do. You're you're a horrible husband. All you do is work. You don't care about your family. You're nothing but a no good, two-timing alcoholic. You're an addict. You're a pervert you're not good enough. You will never amount to much. You're not worthy. You're not lovable. Nothing is ever going to go right in your life. If you really were a Christian, you would never struggle with this. See, if he can get you to doubt who you are in Christ, he can get you to doubt whose you are in Christ. And that's a whole large issue. In fact, just this last week, I was meeting with someone and they were telling me what was playing in the tape recorder in their head. And they just said, so all I hear is that you're not good enough. You're never going to get it right. They just, just quit trying. You're a lost cause. Why do you keep doing what you're doing anyways? Why do you keep trying? And, and with this series kind of in my back pocket, you know, because I know this is coming up, um, I, I'm, this is kind of how the belt of truth protects. I was able to just kind of go, hey, 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 this is a Christian person. I said, hey, who is our battle against? Like, who are you fighting against? And they just gave me this look like, what do you you mean? I just told you. (laughs) And I said, our battle's not against flesh and blood. Who's it actually against? And they were like, Satan? Like, yeah. Whose voice are you hearing when you hear those accusations? And they're like, Satan's like, yeah. God would never say those things to you. God would never accuse you. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn anybody, I came to save people. You and I hear lies straight out of the pit of hell every day about our identity with accusations that are just untrue. And the fight is, is are you going to allow Satan to tell you who you are? Are you going to allow God? Because what does God's truth say about you? God says you're loved. God says you are chosen. You are valued, you're forgiven, you're freed, you are enough, you have what it takes. God is for you. He is actually on your side. You are strong, you have power, your name is written in the book of life. Your eternity is secure because you are a redeemed child of God. That is what Scripture tells you are. That is what the red pill tells you. You are way too quiet when I tell you who you are. That is what God's word tells you that you are. What do you think about that? Like God says this is who you are. What does God's word say to you? All kinds of things that if you aren't regularly listening to the Word of God, the truth of God, you will believe the lies that are straight out of the pit of hell. One of the most life-changing, life-altering, soul-fulfilling truths found in the Word of God that you will ever hang on to in this battle for truth is that God loves you, period. He created you. He knows you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He loves you. His desire for you is the best, and you can trust him. And you know why I know that God loves you? Because the fullest price that God could have paid for your life has already been paid 2,000 years ago on the cross. You wonder if God could love you? Look 2,000 years back and know that he does. How do you know that? Because he had his son give up his life for you because of his great love for you. Never doubt the love of God again. Every time you hear Satan accuse you with, with accusations that are untrue, you just sit back and you go, no, I know the truth. I'm paid for, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ as a child of his. And you can go, yeah, 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 I I know that God loves me. And I would just ask you this, yeah, but do you really know it? Do you have it cinched around your waist tight? Do you know it every day of your life? Is that truth wrapped around your core? Do you have wrapped around your core the truth found in Romans 8, verse 37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you have that truth wrapped around your core, And it's holding all your armor in place. It doesn't matter how Satan comes at you and attacks you, what lies he tells you, he doesn't have the power to remove you outside of experiencing and feeling the love of God, that God is for you, that he's real, he knows you, loves you, has your best interest in mind, is the source of truth in the universe, can be trusted to follow through on what he says he will do. The truth that God is with you right now. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. You are not alone. You don't have to go through life alone. You are loved by your creator. Tighten that around your waist tight and never let go. It will hold your whole life together in the toughest of times. And so as we close, just remember... You have an enemy, but you also have a Savior. You also have a Savior. Romans 8.31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? 1 John 4, four. you are from God, children. And have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I love that passage because you never need to wonder if you have to surrender to defeat because greater is the one in you than greater is the one that is in the world. You may lose a battle, but he's already won the war. And in the end, when you get to the end of this book, which reveals the spiritual realm, we read that Satan loses that Satan is a loser, that he is less than God. In John 14, 6, Jesus tells us that truth is not just a what, but that truth is also a who. Jesus says, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Jesus reveals that the truth of God is actually a person, Jesus Christ. And so the question is, have you accepted the truth, Jesus Christ, into your life? He's not only the source of truth, He is the way to heaven. Have you accepted the gospel of Jesus? Have you wrapped Jesus around your core and begun a relationship with Him? And are you holding tight to that relationship? And I'll just say this, if you have never accepted the truth, Jesus Christ, into your life and wrapped Him around the core of your being, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right this moment. And so I'd love to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes with me here in the room and those of you online. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes and if if you are ready to accept the truth, the person of Jesus Christ into your life, I want to invite you to pray with me and make my words yours from the quietness of your heart to God's heart. You can just say, Today, God, I declare that I believe. I believe the truth of the gospel, that you love me so much that you were willing to send your son Jesus to die for my sin. Right now, I ask for your forgiveness. I invite Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Help me to guard against the lies of Satan with the truth of God. Give me a hunger for your word and the strength to follow you for the rest of my life. And Lord, for the rest of us, give us a hunger for your truth as described in the Bible. Help us to defend against Satan's lies, Satan's lies with the truth of your word. And God, help us to listen to your voice telling us who we are and whose we are so that we can actually be engaged in this battle. In your holy name,
0: Amen. Would you stand as we worship? The atmosphere is changing now. For the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is on The spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere is changing.
1: in the name of Jesus to break every stronghold in your life. And it starts with you taking the truth, the truth of God, and tightening it around the core of your being. And I will just tell you, if you will spend a day, a little bit of every day in this book, absorbing God's truth and reading God's truth, he will reveal to you life, life his way, He will reveal to you where Satan has strongholds in your life, and he will reveal to you the armor and the power that you already have in you to overcome and be victorious. And so if you're not reading this regularly, I want to encourage you to start in the book of John, it's the fourth book of the New Testament, and just read on from there a little bit every day. If you don't have a Bible that you can read because of the translation or whatnot, we have them out in the lobby. Find Shay out there and she will get you a Bible, but you start on that journey and you tighten that around your waist, and I will guarantee you in 60 days, in 90 days, in 120 days, you will look back and you will have a new power in your life that is supernatural in design to break every chain that Satan has wrapped around your life. So I hope you will do that. As you guys are headed out of here, please keep your mask on um, all the way to your car. We want to honor Windermere Prep. We're going to leave from the back and row by row to the front to keep social distancing. Thank you for being here. If you know somebody that needs to be here, invite them along with you next week, and we will see you back here in seven days. Take care.